to another wonderful episode of Let Me Talk Movies with myself and my amazing host, Daly. Say hello, Daly. Hello. How are things going for you today, Daly? Good. Happy Sunday, buddy. Happy Sunday. Um, what you how doing the Lord going? today? I, nothing the Lord would approve of. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Luke and I went to go look at an apartment in, in Astoria, and then we got brunch. And that is nice. what I did today. How was the apartment? Are you getting it? Are you going to take it? No. It's no. it's actually a really nice apartment. Um, it was like... They could have called it a two-bedroom, but they decided to call it a living room and a bedroom because one mm. of them didn't have a, uh, a closet. Mm. But... It was it was like a good size like there were plenty there was plenty of storage and whatever. The problem was it was in the middle of nowhere. Like oh. 15 minute walk to the train. Oh my god. No laundry, so it was like a 5 10 minute walk to the nearest laundromat. I was nice. like I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. I'm not trying to like, cart my stuff. No, that's down. that's how Queens is though for yeah. like some of the apartments out there. It's yeah. so far from everything else. I know my friend he had ju- he just recently moved, so I don't think this is an issue for him anymore. But it was in his last apartment in Queens, like I think he was in Astoria, a close yeah. to Astoria. Um, and yeah, he was just talking about how much he hated it, like twenty minutes from any train, and like nothing was close to him. I mean, some of it's really nice, and there are affordable like. There are nice residential neighborhoods, and it would be fine if you had a car. Yeah. That's what we were walking around. We were like, oh, if we had a car, this would be a great neighborhood to live in. Yeah. That's how um, even Kensington's like that, too. Like, we, I feel like we need a car out here. Um, so that's why I don't understand how people are like, you don't need a car in New York. It's like, only in Manhattan, you don't need a car. Yeah. I think everywhere else, you kind of would benefit from having a car. It's like... If you, once you get like once you're like a 15 minute subway ride out of the city, then you need a car. I feel like I feel like yeah. that's when you benefit from having a car, or else it's just yeah. like oh, so much walking and cabs and yeah. all that stuff. And cabs are expensive because anytime you want to go out anywhere, it's like 50 bucks automatic because no one hangs out where you live, so you have to go right. to like Harlem or williamsburg or bushwick because no we're too old to be hanging out in like the easiest parts of the city to get to that's very true manhattan but like no one wants to hang out there well it's too expensive to hang out there yeah (laughs) so then we spend more money on a cab ride (laughs) it was terrell and i saw each other last night at a party and um we walked to a pizza spot and the pizza spot ran out of pizza and we were upset (laughs) and (laughs) But then we got cabs home, and my Uber was $71. Jesus, really? I got yeah. lucky. Yeah. How much like was hers? Oh, my 30. God. The big 35, 36. I don't know how. I got extremely lucky. Because typically, from that area, they're like 50, 60 bucks. I work around there. But 
yeah, oh my I'm god super lucky i think it's because i dropped off at the chicken spot so it wasn't directly on where i lived like it was on coney island avenue so i think it was like an easier it was an easier drop drive. off and then he can get back to yeah. other people yeah as opposed to going all the way to my house which is not going to be an easy drop off <sighs> we're getting old t yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> It's no fun. It's We're in no like the fun. weird purgatory area where everything is kind of happening. Like you notice everything, but it's still not like you're still young enough to still have good days sometimes. Like sometimes I can still run up the steps of the train and then sometimes I feel all of my weight in my calves and I'm trying to run. Oh, really? <laughs> and then it's sometimes it's like, oh, okay, cool. See, I, can, I have bounce now and I'm just oh, running, God. doing doubles. And then some days I don't have bounce. No it's bounce. like I feel the weight into my ankle and my ankle doesn't want to like push off. And I'm like, how am I going to get up these stairs? <laughs> Speaking of, you know, people who aren't having a good time, no <laughs> one was having a good time in this movie. No. Uh, the movie of this episode that we are speaking to each other about and to you all listening, in case you can't read titles, uh, is... Uncut Gems. Uh, Uncut Gems is a 2019 American crime thriller film directed by Josh and Benny Safdie. Am I saying his name right? Safdie or Safdie? I think it's Safdie. I think it's the Safdie brothers, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, And, you know, they co-wrote the screenplay with uh, Ronald Bronstein. The film stars Adam Sandler's Howard Ratner a Jewish-American jeweler and gambling addict in New York City's Diamond District who must retrieve an expensive gem he purchased to pay off his debts. The film also stars Lakeith Stanfield, Julia Fox, Kevin Garnett, Adina Menzel, not playing uh, the ice cream, but playing just a regular Long Island mom, and Eric Bogosian. 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 Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to call him Eric Boogerman. Like the when I read it, it kind of looked like it was just saying Boogerman, but Eric Bogosian. <laughs> Filming took place from September to November 2018, which is not important, I guess. Uh very fun movie. Let's get into the plot, shall we? Let's do it. Alright, so in the fall of 2010, Ethiopian Jewish miners retrieve a rare black opal from the Wello mine in, in Ethiopia. A year and a half later, gambling addict Howard Ratner runs KMH, a jewelry store in New York City's Diamond District. Howard struggles to pay off his gambling debts, which includes a hundred grand he owes to Arno, his loan shark brother-in-law. His domestic life is split between his wife Dina, who has agreed to divorce after Passover, and his girlfriend Julia, a KMH employee. Howard's business associate, Damani, brings basketball star Kevin Garnett to KMH. While he is there, the opal, which Howard had smuggled from Africa, arrives. Garnett becomes obsessed with the opal, insisting he, insisting on holding on to it for good luck at his games that night. Howard reluctantly agrees, accepting Garnett's 2008 NBA championship ring as collateral. As After Garnett leaves, Howard pawns the ring and places a six-way parlay on Garnett playing extraordinarily well in that night's game, which he does. The next day, Damani says that Garnett still has the opal, angering Howard. Howard is later ambushed at his daughter's school play by Arno and his goons, Phil and Nico. 
Howard's winning bet should have won him 600 grand, but Arnold reveals that he placed a stop on Howard's bet since it was made with money Howard owed to him. Phil and Nico strip Howard naked and lock him in the trunk of his car, forcing him to call Dina for help. Howard meets Damani at a nightclub hosted by R&B singer The Weeknd to retrieve the opal, only to find that Garnett still has it. Howard discovers, Kate, Howard discovers Julia snorting cocaine in a bathroom with The Weeknd and gets into a fight with him. Feeling betrayed, Howard confronts Julia and demands that she move out of his apartment. Garnett returns the opal before an auction and offers to purchase it for 175k, but Howard refuses since he believes that it is worth much more. Garnett demands his ring back, but Howard lies and says it's at his house. After Garnett leaves it in leaves in dismay, Howard berates Damani for allowing Garnett to hold on to the opal for so long. And since Damani quits and trashes Howard's office, including his little fishes. After an awkward Passover dinner, Dina rejects Howard's plea to give their marriage another chance. Just before the auction starts, Howard discovers the opal has in fact been appraised for significantly less than his initial estimate of a million dollars. He convinces his father-in-law, Gooey, to bid on the gem to drive up the price, but the plan backfires when Garnett fails to top Gooey's final bid. A furious Gooey gives Howard the opal before Arnold, Phil, and Nico assault Howard outside the auction house. Howard returns to KMH, bloody and in tears. Julia confronts him, comforts him, and they reconcile. Howard learns that Garnett is still waiting to purchase the opal. Garnett then goes to KMH to pay, giving Howard enough money to repay his debt to Arno. Arnold, Phil, and Nico arrive at KMH just before Garnett leaves, but before they enter his office, Howard tells Julia to bet the cash on a three-way parlay on KG having a strong performance. Julia escapes as the thugs find Howard in his office and threaten him, while Julia travels by helicopter to the Mohican Sun Casino to place the bet for him. Arnold tells Howard to call Julia and cancel the bet, but he refuses. Furious, the three attempt to pursue her, but Howard locks them in between the store's security doors. Howard watches the game on television while Arnold, Phil, and Nico remain trapped. KG's Boston Celtics win the game, winning Howard $1.2 million. An ecstatic Howard frees Arnold, Phil, and Nico, but the enraged Phil shoots Howard in the face, instantly killing him. Arnold protests and tries to escape, but Phil shoots him dead too. Julia leaves the casino with Howard's winnings as Phil and Nico loot the store. And that is that on that. A great movie. Fun time for all, except for a select few. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Daily, what, what are your thoughts on this artistic expression of chaos? So... This movie made me realize how little I know about gambling <laughs> and sports yeah. and diamonds or jewels that uh, just, just just the jewelry business in general. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. I was very stressed the entire time I was watching it, and I was very <laughs> uncomfortable the entire time I watched it. But the difference between the uncomfortableness of this movie plus and versus like the uncomfortableness of like the Joker 
where the Joker was not funny at all. And this, this, like, this movie had, like, bouts of humor. And I think that also comes with casting Adam Sandler as the lead, who is just a naturally... Like, we know him for being funny. He is a comedian. Um... Or has done, like, comedy. So, like, I feel like that brought some light to it. And also the writing was very good. Where, while a lot of it was stressful, there was... They, like, added humor to it, which made it a very good movie. It was well-written. It was well-acted. I I don't know if you know this, but Eric Bogosian, I've seen him in stuff before, but I mostly know him as a playwright. He's written a, a few, quite a few plays that get done at, like, the school I work at a lot, which is really interesting. So... It was cool to see him uh, being uh, an actor, too. <laughs> yeah. I... Oh, okay, that's him. I yeah. Did you, did you look him up? Yeah. Yeah, I just looked him up now. Yeah, everyone was kind of insane. Like, everyone everyone was just, like, kind of awful and mm. insane. <laughs> um, and I just kept thinking... I guess I didn't realize he had a gambling addiction... I just thought he just made a lot of bad choices. But now that I feel more sympathetic towards Howard, knowing that it was supposed to be a gambling addiction, because that is that is a problem. Yeah. I I just didn't. I was like just at the very beginning of the movie where he was like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to trade it for this and I'm going to pawn this off and, and borrow this and, and let me borrow more money and let me, I was just like, I, how about you stop? Like all of this could have, if he just paid his brother-in-law, I guess that's what it is. His brother-in-law back. Like as soon as he had money, like if he didn't place the bet, he wouldn't have gotten hurt. And also if he stopped antagonizing the, the Phil and the other guy, like, cause yeah. he, he really just like Howard's character so like abrasive and so full of himself. And so, and feels very sorry for himself at various points, but just like, if he just like stopped and was like, Hey, I'll pay him back later. I don't know. I just like he just like kept hitting them and and bragging and and just like he he was always like thinking he was ahead and it always just like hit him where it hurt. And like yes, in the end he did win, but he didn't actually win cuz he antagonized those men so much that he got shot in the face. <laughs> he got shot in the face. Uh But it was good. But it was really good. Like it it was it was upsetting to watch this man like ruin his whole life. But it was good. Yeah, that yeah, it really did. Between like his home life with his kids, and oh, it was just kind of all over the place, and it was nuts. That Long Island house was insane. I was yeah. just like, he got home, and I was like, also, if he's so broke, how does he have an apartment and 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 a and a house in Long Island? Like he could sell one. Mm-hmm. That apartment was insane too, but I guess like yeah. you know his girlfriend didn't have, I wouldn't have had anywhere to live if he exactly. sold the apartment. Exactly, and you weren't going to do that for a measly hundred k that you owe someone. Measly, God, can you imagine having a hundred thousand dollars <sighs> to just throw around on bets and shit? I listen, but I also feel like. 
And I don't know how you feel about gambling, but I know that there are, like, people who are boomers, they tend to, like, they like to gamble a little bit, like, for fun, like, just for fun. Like, I know my parents, my parents, like, set a budget and they go off and, like, gamble a little bit of money. And once they're done, they're done, right? Yeah. But, like, and they're like, oh, well, it's fun. You can, like, bet against yourself and, like, whatever. And it's, and you just play and it's a good time. And I literally, and one time my mom took me to... We went to the Resorts Casino in Queens because mm-hmm. uh, she was like, oh, that'd be fun. And I was like, okay. And she gave me $100 and I was like, can I just keep this? <laughs> and she was like, she looked at me and she's like, no, you have to gamble it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Um, <laughs> yeah, my grandmother loves gambling as well. She'll go to um atlantic city every now and then like we'll give her money and she'll be like yeah it's just for me to go to atlantic city like this weekend that's that's like oh what God. she enjoys to do yeah like, it's just yeah it's weird i don't know um and i was i was thinking like oh you know us being poor we that's why i don't like it but i'm like my grandma's been poor too that's it's still like a, an activity for them like i think and it's like you win money it's a plus but and yeah, it's not like she's like gambling away the house or anything like that. She wasn't like anything like that. But it was like just something for them to do. Like she and she was smart about it. She never she was like, I'm gonna certain money. And like I know when I got a hot streak, I'll stop. Like she always talks about people that she knows who like will have a bunch be up a bunch of money and then just bet it and then lose it all and just like they look so stupid. She's like, I win me a couple bucks and then I stop right there and I just go to my room and hang out, go get a drink or something or whatever. Um, yeah, that's what my yeah. parents do too. They're like, they're like, we'll just, we'll just keep going, and then if we're ahead, we'll just stop and consider it a win, and then yeah. we'll, and then we'll just hang out by the pool, or like we'll go have a cocktail. And I'm like, great, yeah. but I just like can't. But this joint, this is sports betting, which is like, I think this is different. Like, I don't know a lot about it at all, but like parlaying and doing this and plus minus. Um, I tried to like learn it a little bit because obviously I'm into sports themselves. Right. And a lot of what happens in sports is like ed- sports and betting are like very intertwined. Um, I know that, yeah, if, I know about like a lot of um, scandals with like referees doing shit to games and um, like, I don't know if you've probably heard of it, like the king's lakers series was like a huge thing because one of the referees was like betting money like gambling on it while he was working on it or something like that oh Um, wow he was like fixing games and it's like the way referees fix games is like with little things but then there's also the idea that like maybe nba was behind it overall too like they want you to call a game a certain way because they want certain teams in the playoffs and the finals and shit and then there's like a lot of gambling that goes on behind the scenes, like legal and illegal. Wow. Um, it's super like we decide like we or well not we, but the general like sports media will base a lot of times they base who they think is going to win based on what Vegas odds are saying. Like they take that seriously, what Vegas is saying. Oh, wow. So when shit changes, like if someone gets hurt and then their odds will go down. Because they're out with, they're without their best player or whatnot, betting on just all types of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I then I'm like not the person to even talk about this because I don't know it at all. But um, yeah, only thing I know is being a Knicks fan, we just want them to cover, <laughs> even if they don't win. 
That's like the joke. Nick's, Nick's lost what we covered, so it's okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Except for this year. We were good this year, finally. I heard that but, um, every, the Knicks were good this year. The Knicks were good this year. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but besides that, the movie itself, just him with all that. I think the reason you said you didn't realize he was a gambling addict, and I think it's because they didn't focus to, they didn't put him in that situation where if you see a gambling addict or a gambling movie, it's like usually you see the guy losing a bunch of money and that's like the focal point of his tragedy or like the antagonist, like whatever bad happens because he was gambling. This is more like you saw kind of the fallout of it. You didn't see it directly. Mm-hmm. And the only time you really saw like the sports betting, he was winning. Yeah. Like the, the, the two times that he actually, you saw him bet money, he won. So it... They didn't focus too much on the actual like gambling. I think a lot of it was um, him betting on things in his life, like when he's like, "Yeah, hold on to this for me," or like, "Yeah, you can do this. Like, give me this hundred k, and I'll flip it, and you'll get your money back by then." Like, it was a lot of that kind of gambling. Yeah, as opposed I... to just like straight up sports betting. I agree. It was, I really, at the end of the movie, I, I thought that it was just very much like he, he lived his life as risk and reward. Yeah. Like, what is he willing to risk for the reward of it all? But I feel like he risked too much for very little reward. Like that, you know what I mean? Like he was not good at gauging what to risk and what not to risk, you know, like he put his family in danger so many times. Like, him at his daughter's, like, recital and or performance, and he was just, like, at home. Or he, he walked up with them and he was like, can you come with me? And, like, why, like what do you think was going to happen? That if you invited them outside, you were going to get hurt. Like, you should have just ignored them and stayed with your family. Because, like, what if they, like... I don't know. And then at the end when he was like, you gotta, you gotta leave the house. You gotta leave the house right now. Like, don't, like, she didn't know what was happening. And I felt bad for his wife and his girlfriend. Mostly his, his family though. (laughs) Adina Menzel looked great in this movie. She She looked really good. Her bar mitzvah dress. She still could fit in her bar mitzvah dress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was a funny scene. Um, Yeah. I mean, Adina Menzel was whatever, but Julia Fox was amazing time yeah time. jesus christ every time she got up i was like oh man it's like oh my god the, the scene with um when she was behind the weekend and his section and like with the back the black light and everything i was like Geez, this girl is 10 out of 10 to quote the famous riley witz who is a brooklyn based only fans reviewer uh, to quote him, the quote goes, I know she's white, but hear me out. <laughs> that was me with Julia Fox. One, I did not know that OnlyFans had reviewers, so I think yeah, that's bravo. to make sure that we are, you know, subscribing to the, the right people and not people who are going to scam you. Or that's true. Make you pay 20 bucks for stuff they can show on Instagram. <laughs> There are people who have to, you know, make sure. And um, the people that actually perform on OnlyFans, they want, like, 
the the good reviews. It's like, look, these people are saying great things about my page, so this is why I subscribe. It's like it's Yelp, a, it's a you know, fledging business. Yeah, it is. It is a. It is a. It's a fledging business. It's all about the hustle because it's exactly. like that gig life. If there's money involved, is going to be jobs created. Like no one ever knew that they were going to be an OnlyFans reviewer, but you can now have a YouTube page where you do that. <laughs> and if enough people follow you now, it's, it's like, what do you do for a living? I review OnlyFans pages the same way people review movies and right. restaurants. Truly. <laughs> Just another avenue. Look at that. Sex work opening doors. For everyone. <laughs> I don't know what Julia saw in Howard. I, I have either. no idea. She I have was no idea. she just like he just seemed so he was just so chaotic that I don't know if I would ever want to date someone like that or sleep with someone like that. But she like really loved him. And I think it was cuz she was so chill and I think yeah. maybe their energies worked cuz she was just like he remember he, he was always telling her that she used to come to work. It's late like why are you not at work or whatever? Um, she's just like, oh, chill out, whatever. Howie. He's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, I think just her being chill and him being on edge, she calms him down. And maybe also because he's the boss, so he has money and whatever. You know, women like older men with money. Oh, do we? I think so. I mean, I guess it depends. Women are not so, a monolith, Terrell. They're not. They're not. Julia's character specifically. Yeah. But even then, I wouldn't know. She never said it outright, so I could still be wrong. It's true. I did go, wow, can't believe that Adam Sandler could go to a weekend concert, and I have not been to a weekend concert. Mm. That was before he, well, it wasn't obviously shot when he was, but like it was set in 2012, which was yep. like when he was just coming up. So. Yeah, it was those early. I think that was a wig too because i think he'd already cut his hair by then probably so i think he had to wear a wig to be able to be like 2012 it's the 2012 weekend yeah the weekend yeah i also thought kevin i don't know kevin garnett at all mm-hmm. but i thought he was good like he was I, amazing i thought he was really good that in this was, movie i think that was one of like sports people always say that usually when you put like these athletes in movies it's very hit or miss and that was one of a lot of people regard this as like one of the best athlete acting performances of all time like easily like it was amazing it was also like i think for me it was a little underwhelming because it was just basically his own character like that's how he is in real life too like he's very much animated and crazy and like in your face like he's just that kind of person but i mean it still worked you still have to act because it's not like a true story right um but yeah i think it, it was just amazing kevin garner is one of my favorite players so like to see him in that movie and do that and be that way it was really cool and like kind of pull the curtain back a little bit with like the type of stuff they do and shit like so. the ritual like the the this is good luck i need it for the game or else i'm he's not like that good. too yeah. he's very much a ritualistic like when you listen hear him in interviews and things like that um he's very much like that like they um that was one of the reasons why he was like always followed like by media and stuff because he would be the type of person before a game like screaming like to hype himself up banging his head on like the 
the stanchion thing. Like, yeah, you have to like, yeah, do a little background on him. It's interesting. It's fun. I'll have but he's to also very, it. very good. Um, okay. Hall of Fame player. Uh, yeah, and I love always hearing like the people his his generation of players. They're all like retiring within the last five years, and um, they're in the, at, they're like at that stage where they're like kind of old, but still young enough to understand technology. So they all have podcasts and they tell stories about growing up and shit, and like being in high school and playing in high school against each other like there's a lot of cool stories about kevin garnett too um because he's from like south carolina when they brought him out to la for like the basketball camps and shit in high school there's a lot of funny stories um and i always think about those but yeah that was he was really good in this um obviously lakeith stanfield was great that was my Um, next person i was like i thought i mean he's basically good and everything he does i don't think i've ever seen a movie where i was like that was not a good performance from lakeith yeah definitely um i know for myself i it's hard to choose between who my favorite characters were it was definitely either kevin garnett or julia fox um yeah julia was my favorite character i thought she was just fun to watch and she was just an interesting character because howard did she just her her character arc of like she's just like the hot girlfriend and then she becomes a co-conspirator conspirator i can't talk today but you know what i mean and co-conspirator like just at the end like she helps him place the bet like she fully just like she didn't have to help him she didn't have to take a helicopter which by the way i don't even know how you book a helicopter to go to mohegan sun like randomly you gotta have the money that money it's basically blade is basically like uber for helicopters okay like quick areas like if you got like a i don't know how much they cost but too much money probably um and yeah i thought she was a lot of fun she was a lot of fun to watch she was just like a good actress i don't think i've ever seen her in anything else before i think this is her first thing yeah i like looked her up a little bit she was like a fashion designer and something else oh wow but this was like her first like time in a movie and she did great yeah she really did she was a lot of fun uh my favorite scene is a toss-up between when uh dina and howie are talking together and he's like let's just let's just give it one more what do you say and he's like and she's like your face is so stupid you're the most annoying person i know i want to punch you and then pretends to punch him and she's like no i don't even want to touch you and i was like oh my god i've never seen someone hate someone so much before and then like (laughs) pretend to like still be in like a solid relationship for their kids oh my god yeah that was great that was a great scene um but was that my favorite scene or is it the end when he just the last the the last 20 minutes are great ended it was like the whole movie is just chaos and then he gets a bullet to the head and it's over it the last 20 to 30 minutes for sure like it's a very like highly intense movie but the whole it just felt like it was the last 30 minutes specifically was just so like high tension, high tension, high tension. And as soon as they let him out, also when, when he put locked them in that, like r- between the two doors, I was like, yeah. someone, he's going to get shot. I was like, these, these like 
henchmen or like bodyguards or whatever are so like so like high strung already like the fact that you locked them in there for a few hours like it's not going to end well for you like i don't understand why he even let them out what i would have done is i would have let them out the other door and been like see you later you know what i mean but if they would have been out they would have tried to stop julia and Paramus. Oh no, I'm I'm Paramus. sorry. I meant I meant after like after he won. Like I oh, would have just let them out the yeah. other door and been like you don't get to come in here. I will I will see you later. And then maybe they could have calmed down. But like I obviously he was riding a high and he thought everything was going to end well for him. And just like watching it I was like this is not going to end well for you. And then as soon as he gets shot, it's just like down. It's over. I was not expecting Arno to get shot. Yeah. I was like I was like me. Oh my god! That I wasn't expecting. Yeah. But whatever. At the end of the day, uh, those uh, bitches from Paramus or Bay Ridge, um, as was said in the quote earlier, send those bitches back to Paramus or Bay Ridge. Oh my god! Definitely I, from Bay Ridge. I definitely <laughs> laughed a little bit. I was like, oh no. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're, they're like fucking henchmen, and um, I remember someone was telling me, you know, someone to them about the movie, and they were like, why didn't they just like. Why would they kill him? They had money coming to them. They could have, whatever they smashed and grabbed and were going to sell on the street, they probably would have gotten that same amount of money from the dude without having murder charges on them. But it's like they're fucking thugs. That's what they do. Like, that's what they know. They revert back to that shit. Like, it's just simpler for them to kill and smash and grab than to do any elaborate fucking smart thinking. So it's like, of course, and just like you said, they were agitated from having to stick stay there and not think for like three hours because the basketball game's like two and a half hours. So they had to be in there for like three hours. They were sweating hot. They were over it. Like, it was, it was just over it. And then, just yeah, everything leading up to it too, he didn't make it easy on himself, obviously, dealing with them. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it just it ended how it needed to. Everyone won except for Howard. Like, Julia got the money, the yeah. henchmen got to shoot him, which I don't think, like, you know, <laughs> is, like, great. Uh, and then, I mean, his kids lost their dad, but it's just, it's, every, everyone, like, it's just, he never won. He never won. Mm-hmm. It was really sad. Yeah. It was I sad when, when you find out that Arnold pulled the money out initially of the first one too. I was like, "You are an idiot." I was like, "That was that was so dumb. That was so yeah. dumb." Like, also, I didn't know that you can do that. Just like stop a bet, but I guess like I think because they know all the people. The the um, what's the dude's name who was doing the betting? Yeah, Fucking Mike Francesa. Um, his character was that Mike like, Francesa. Know, know each other. That was Mike Francesa. Yeah. Oh wow. I the guy realize. with the teeth. Yeah. Who was like taking the bet from him? Yeah. Like they, they, they definitely knew who he was. They knew who Howard was, and he knew Howard. Like it's not like a. It was an open secret that Howard just owed a bunch of money. It was a shit with it. Um, so I guess when Arnold called Mike and was like, "Hey, pull my money. It's my money, not his." He was like, "All right, whatever. Fuck it. I'll pull it." So, yeah, I, I can see how that happened without an issue. It yeah. was just dumb to do because you would have got paid back and then some. But yeah, he should have just fucking paid. He should have sold it. 
Oh, because he, he was expecting for the diamond, the stone to be worth over a million. Right. But even when he got that 165K, he should have just gave him that should money. Should have just gave him that he money. He could even done. still just bet that 65K. But, you know, yeah, because he only owed 100 way. grand. He yeah. only owed. Anyway. Oh, no. Luke and I were talking because I was. I mean, this came out in December 2019. Mm-hmm. And. I was in school, so I was kind of running around, So I, and I didn't really see the movies very often. But the reason why I – this has been on my list forever, but I haven't watched it because I haven't been in the mood to watch a very stressful movie. Because <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but the pandemic happened, and we were all yeah. stressed the whole time. That's why I haven't watched Marriage Story either because mm-hmm. Luke and I were like – Oh, we just got married, and this movie's about divorce and like <laughs> divorce in the ugliest way possible. And not that we were yeah. in trouble, but we were like, oh, but we're gonna be stuck together for a really long time. Let's like hold off and watch this later. Yeah, you definitely do not want to do that. Um, yeah. So your favorite scene was that great Adina Menzel performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite character is Julia. Who I guess I'll just say kg just to have a separate one but yeah julia was right up there for me as well um i think i would give this movie just like a four out of five i definitely this is not a movie i would like rush to see the first opening weekend of but i i kind of wish i saw it in theaters with a bunch of other people like it felt like a very like i feel like the energy in the room would have been really great like all of us being stressed out together (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah And that's really how it was. I saw it in theaters. I didn't see it first weekend, but I no, maybe I did. I saw it as soon as possible, um, so I would count that as first weekend. It wasn't first weekend, but obviously life is getting away. But yeah, I did you know. see it as soon as I could, so I guess I'd give it like a five out of five because I definitely knew I wanted to watch this movie, and I saw it like in Westchester with like a bunch of old people in the theater. Nice. So I think it was like a theater for old people or something, but. Yeah, it was really fun. I um, want to know what a theater for old people like. I think it was like a center. Well, I don't. I don't know if it was a rec center. It was like an art center. So I think like people who were under fifty didn't even know about it, but it yeah. was good. It wasn't like a regular theater, but it kind of was. Yeah. But yeah, it was the, the the theater we saw it in was really small too, but it had nice seats. Good. And I think we sat kind of in the front, but it didn't matter. It was still a good shine, a good time. Um, yes, yeah, so that was our uncut gems. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other thoughts I had on it because yeah, the stress. It was just a fun movie. I think that's why I wanted to pick it again. I wanted to watch it again. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes because I was very into the movie. Yeah. So I, that's that's kind of like I don't have a lot of like comments because like the movie was just so good. So I think that's like really telling for good job the Safty brothers, bravo. Yeah, I like couldn't figure out what I wanted to write down. Yeah, um, loved the little uh, John Amos bit there. Yeah, especially because we watched <laughs> Coming to America. I was like, yeah. what? And it was him. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> He just shuts the door on him. He's that like, no. Great. No, your kid can't use the bathroom. He's like, no. No. Fuck out of here. <laughs> That's exactly how I would be, too. The next movie we're watching 
is Ooh. also an Oscar had Oscar buzz and won some some fancy awards. Uh-oh. It's a star is born. Oh. So excited. Please be it's a good movie. It's not as stressful, but it's got lots of fun songs and Lady Gaga. And you know what? It's interesting cuz you you were like, oh, Kevin Garnett was playing himself, and I feel like Lady Gaga was playing herself in this movie, but with a different name. Mm. Not that I know Lady Gaga personally, but it felt very natural. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what her personality is when she's not on stage, and this is the personality she is. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. Yes. Thank you all for joining us for this amazing edition of Let Me Talk Movies where we talk about uncut gems. Um, don't let us be an uncut gem. Let us be a gem you show to all of your friends and your neighbors and even people you probably hate. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, tag us and things. Tell your people to listen to us. We will greatly appreciate it. Uh, I might not say thank you personally to you, but just know the sentiment's there somehow. Someplace. Well, thank you in our hearts. There you go. (laughs) All right. Bye. Yes, this is lovely. See ya.